Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say, I've installed a lot of hardwood floors, but this is the best bang for the buck. Call in the next 10 minutes to get your free catalog. I love Lumber Liquidators. I got quality products for less, and the online ordering was easy. At Lumber Liquidators, we buy direct from the mills, and we pass the savings on to you. Call right now and get the floor guide and catalog absolutely free. It has hundreds of top-quality flooring, such as solid hardwoods, laminates, bamboos, and even Bellawood pre-finished flooring with a transferable 100-year warranty. Our catalog is full of tips, ideas, and our flooring project list to help you find the right floor for you. Call 800-948-5716 and get your free catalog. 800-948-5716. That's of Culture Shocks. We are back from a brief hiatus and uh, travels to Japan, a couple of other things, and are ready to revisit cutting-edge questions of how we're going to fix some of the real political problems in this country, as well as take a look at the media and the culture and the other things that make a difference to all of us who live here and for my shortwave listeners, indeed, around the world. Just when you thought the cable television debates could not get any worse than they are, I tuned in last month to a debate on CNN between my good friend Alan Dershowitz, who's with us every once in a while on the show, and a woman who was promoting a book about the need for women to have handguns. Uh, this debate occurred shortly after the suicide by gun of Kansas City Chiefs uh, linebacker Javon Belcher, a suicide, as you may recall, that followed the murder also by gun of the mother of his three-month-old daughter. Dershowitz was arguing that this is exactly the kind of instant domestic violence that occurs so easily and so fatally because of easy access to handguns. His sparring partner noted referring to another incident last month when a man was pushed onto a New York uh, City subway track run over by a train that the pusher in that case didn't need a gun to kill someone in that instance. And I guess, right, uh, it is true. You could get really ticked off and kill your spouse without a gun by pushing that spouse right in front of a subway train, but mainly if you happen to have a subway line running through your kitchen. I didn't think it was the best form of argument. Alan got all mad. And once again, we devolved the debate about gun control into two people speaking on other planets, 
about a device that was apparently different on those planets and getting nowhere in the debate. As you know, I do like to split the difference in ways that make sense on this show and try to find out if there are ways, creative, innovative ways, to solve some of these perennial problems. Today I'm joined by Craig R. Whitney, the author of Living with Guns, a liberal's case for the Second Amendment. Mr. Whitney spent uh, most of his professional career as a reporter and a foreign correspondent and finally an editor at The Gray Lady Herself, The New York Times. Craig Whitney, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. You would acknowledge that uh, if you're going to build a case for the Second Amendment or for gun possession under some circumstances, there are going to be some really terrible things that happen and probably happen easier. I suggest the Javon Belcher case is one of them, where terrible things are going to happen. It is a cost, though, that has to be balanced against the cost of seizing guns or trying to or leaving part of the populace defenseless. Exactly. If There's no doubt that the homicide rate in the United States is much higher than it is in countries in Europe and elsewhere that have strict gun laws because people just don't have as ready access to guns there as they do here. But, you know, when people are intent on mayhem, they will find other ways to do it. Just before the case you mentioned in December, there was a, a nanny here in New York City who uh, killed the two little chargers she had, the, the kids, uh, with knife. So, uh, you know, tragedies, alas, will always be with us. Is it the is it fair to say though that the the impulse is easier to follow through to an action and indeed a fatal action if you have something that's a little easier to manipulate like a gun than it is with a hatchet or a rolling pin? I mean, the nanny case uh, she's killing little little defenseless children. It would have been tougher for her to kill an 18 year old. Yes, that's that is certainly true. The the Things that you have to balance here when we talk about guns and access to guns and the Second Amendment, which gives us an individual right to have guns, is uh, the need for public safety against uh, the desire to have a gun for personal protection or hunting or whatever. <clears throat> and one of the <clears throat> things I think that proponents of uh, easier access to guns uh, forget is that... Uh, Guns are dangerous things, and they're more dangerous when you don't really know how to use them or right. keep them safely. And uh, the answer to a lot of people's uh, concerns about their personal safety is not having a gun unless they really know what they're doing. Do you buy the idea, though, fundamentally, that Americans have a right to protect themselves? It's kind of a contract we think we had, or at least we thought we had with the U.S. government. They would protect us. The police would be there to protect us. Now, we all know that that uh, simply doesn't happen. In fact, we're cutting the number of police uh, on the streets in a lot of American cities. Uh, so this, it seems to me, bolsters the idea, not so much as a constitutional argument as a practical one, that that if the contract of protection breaks down, you have to take it upon yourself as a citizen to protect, at a minimum, yourself and your family. Well, that's what groups like the NRA uh, have been saying for years. And perhaps 
it was easier to understand that reasoning back in the 1960s and 70s when crime rates were soaring after a long period of uh, racial and social tensions. But I think uh, nowadays to say that the crime is out of control ignores the real drastic drop in violent mm-hmm. crime in most places across the country that's happened since the end of the crack epidemic in right. the 1980s. So, uh, yes, there is a compact. It's not just with the federal government, but with uh, which uh, in which we cede most of the time our need for personal protection. Mm-hmm to uh, legitimate authorities, the police and others. But you would be among those who would say, in the instance there's no police, you, you can't get, you know, the 911 operator is not uh, available, wants to put you on hold. What you're going to do, you, if you have a gun in your own home, and, and there is, admittedly, decline in violent crime, but if a violent criminal walks into your house, I mean, it's a pretty good justification to say, look, I have to do this myself, I have to protect my family, and I'm going to use a gun to do it. Yes, provided that you are fully uh, conversant with the way the gun works and how to shoot straight, yeah, and that, and that you know what the law is. You know, that you, you can't just uh, open up against somebody who opens your front door uh, unbidden, and I think that's the evil in uh, a lot of the stand your ground and castle doctrine laws that have been passed in states around the country. These are laws that make it easier sure. to kill people. And, and I, I don't think any legislator ought to ever vote for a law that makes it easier to kill people. Right. Uh, on the other hand, I don't think you have to be the NRA. I certainly am not the NRA to suggest that there are circumstances where if somebody walks into your house um, at uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, you're not going to have the time, attention span, or even eyesight sufficient to tell whether the guy has a gun, a baseball bat, or he's just wandering in because your door happened to be open and he's drunk and thought it was his own house. I mean, you can't make those kinds of judgments. No. Um, on the other hand, you're assuming that I'm awake and have located my gun. Well, that's a good point. Wherever it was. If you wake up in bed and somebody's standing over you wielding a pistol at you, um, you know, even if you do have a gun close to hand, you're yeah. lucky to be able to use it to protect yourself. I'm only saying... These things are more complicated than they appear to uh, in, the, in the simplistic arguments that are often used to justify gun ownership in the home. Absolutely. In my, in my book, uh, I criticize the New York City laws that make it all but impossible for somebody like me if I decided mm-hmm. I did want to have a gun for personal self-protection. I couldn't get a license to have one because the police here just don't uh, give them out unless you happen to be somebody who transports jewelry or a brink right. star somebody like that. Exactly. When we come back, we've got to take a, a break, Craig Whitney, but when we come back, I want to talk about uh, you're, you're writing a liberal's case for the Second Amendment. I guess um, I'm a little more comfortable with liberals making a case for private ownership of guns outside the Second Amendment. I'll talk about that and why I wish that Heller case uh, that uh, allowed for the elimination of most of the many of the gun laws in the District of Columbia had been decided under an, an amendment other than the second. We'll be back with Craig Whitney, author of Living with Guns, a liberal's case for the Second Amendment in a minute, right here on Culture Shocks. Now back to Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn on the Genesis Communication Network. 
Our nation's founders believed that all Americans have the right to worship according to their own beliefs or not to worship at all. So strong was their commitment to religious freedom that they enshrined it in the first sentence of the Bill of Rights. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We call this constitutional guarantee the first freedom. Religion is deeply personal, and Americans must be free to practice without coercion. There must be a separation of church and state. We are on the verge of losing this fundamental freedom. You may wonder, what can I do? The answer is simple. Do what our founders did. Sign your name to a very important document, the First Freedom First Petition. Go to www.firstfreedomfirst.org and sign it today. By standing together, we can send a powerful message to our elected officials. As many people know, ever since President Nixon took us off the gold standard, the U.S. dollar has been devaluating. What people don't know, however, is how this directly affects your personal finances. Is there a way to protect your portfolios from losing value? The answer to all of this is gold and silver. They both have maintained their purchasing power for 6,000 years. If you had $100,000 in cash and $100,000 in gold and silver back in 1913 and kept them until now, your cash would have the buying power of only $4,800. But your gold and silver would have the buying power of three million dollars the answer to protecting your assets is simple call john ballman today at 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 get all your questions answered before your money is worth zero call 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 take action today while we still accept paper dollars for gold that's 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 Time and time again. You need to come here and help us. We need assistance. Please. Those we should be able to depend on let us down. Federal and state and local officials saying help is on the way. Well, the folks here in Bell Harbor say show me. Don't depend on the government to save you. Take action now so that you're prepared for the next disaster with MyPatriotSupply.com. Get the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Call 866-229-0927. We are hurting down here, and we need help immediately. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double-blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali 
Alley C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Alley C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Alley C. For more information and to order Alley C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Alley C today. We are back, and we're talking to Craig R. Whitney, the author of Living with Guns, longtime uh, editor, writer, foreign correspondent for the New York Times, and now writing a liberal's case for the Second Amendment. Craig, I think I, I'd be more comfortable, I am more personally comfortable at least, not trying to figure out if the majority or the minority, the five, the four, and the Heller case were right about the history of the Second Amendment. Uh, I know the guy who argued the Heller case. I know one of the plaintiffs quite well in the Heller case. And, and I remember talking to him once and said, why didn't you just argue, not the history of the Second Amendment, but why didn't you argue the Ninth Amendment? Why didn't you argue that this decision was based on the idea that certain rights, not explicitly granted to individuals, should be acknowledged. They, they were always with us. Certainly the framers had guns. They needed them for protection, mainly in their homes. So people have a right at a minimum to protect themselves from those intruders and the thieves and the rapists who just might come into their house. That it's a kind of pre-existing right that should be, if anything is covered by the Ninth Amendment, this seems to be it. And in fact, on page 95 of your book, you kind of talk about this pre-existing right. Why don't we just acknowledge that's what it is instead of um, fighting over the history of the Second Amendment? Did it cover militias? Did it cover private ownership of some guns, all guns? Why not just say the framers had guns, they knew they needed them for protection, we don't need it in the same way, but we still need it sometime. Well, that's a good suggestion. Maybe when, when and if somebody makes a meaningful challenge to New York City's restrictive gun laws, they could use that Ninth Amendment argument rather than uh, go to the Second. Yeah. Uh, I think they went to the Second Amendment because it's the one that does mention the right of the people to keep and bear arms. The question is, you know, what does that mean mm. today? What is, right. And what does it mean today? And as you said, um, I concluded after going over the history of it, how it was drafted and how people used guns in the centuries before the Constitution, that it, it was exactly what you described, a, a right that everybody had in the colonies uh, long before the Constitution was ever drafted. Mm -hmm. and, a, and it's a common law right. So a right <clears throat> under common law, subject to regulations of various kinds, and they had them even in the early colonial days. Uh, <clears throat> that's what the Second Amendment protects. Uh, it's not a new right created by the Second Amendment, and it's not just uh, valid for people who have some sort of a connection with the militia, which right. is what confused people for many years about you know, what did the Second Amendment really guarantee. What? It, it protected, it recognized and protected a pre-existing common law right that everybody had, practically everybody. Right. Well, yeah, there were a few. And use firearms. 
Uh, Justice uh, Scalia has been attacked, as you know, by some gun advocates for suggesting in the midst of the discussion in Heller that some gun regulation is constitutional. So let me ask you a couple of questions, and you can uh, certainly feel free to uh, superimpose your thoughts over what you think Justice Scalia might do with some of these issues, some of these hypotheticals. Do you think that Justice Scalia would have a problem if the sole case presented uh, before him in the next gun case was a requirement for gun locks on locks in private homes? Uh, I think he would say um, that if gun locks make the guns inoperable um, or difficult to uh, get access to if you need them in a hurry, mm-hmm. uh, he would find something to object to in that. That's that's what he objected to in, primarily in the District of Columbia's restrictive uh, law, which basically banned right. uh, handguns in the home for self-protection. Uh, but the laws that replaced that uh, after, the, after the Heller ruling uh, do provide that you have to keep your arms, if you have them at home, uh, safe and, uh, and not generally accessible by uh, kids or, or right. other who don't have who don't have the license to have them? But you don't have to lock them up. <clears throat> I don't think that the law provides. No. That, but uh, it does require that they be kept safely. When you move outside of the context of the home or the immediate confines, I mean, there are fights all the time with gun laws. If somebody breaks into your garage in a place like Florida, is that? your house and do you get to fire away at the first provocation or not how about moving outside the home permitting the open carry of guns if someone challenged that and said look whatever the second amendment means or the ninth amendment or any other amendment it doesn't mean you have a right to open carry firearms like is done in some places not too far from washington in parts of the commonwealth of virginia for example or like can be done in, I think, almost anywhere in the state of Vermont, for example. Yep, absolutely. Uh, uh, well, Scalia's Heller ruling says specifically that it, uh, the right to keep and have firearms doesn't include the right to have them anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't take them into schools and places like that. Uh, that the, the Heller ruling acknowledged that uh, regulations to that effect are not unconstitutional. But interestingly, back in the early 19th century when dueling was a big problem, right? Hamilton and Burr and, and so on, <laughs> uh, people began to carry concealed derringers uh, because uh, dueling was in such bad odor <laughs> that uh, people thought rather than get into a duel and maybe be expelled from my social club as a result, I, if somebody comes up on me on the street and insults my honor, I can just whip out my derringer and, and <laughs> settle the affair right like that. Right. And the, uh, generally speaking, the legislatures at the time condemned that and made it illegal because it was considered cowardly. To, if you had a weapon, you better wear it openly. A real man would wear his weapon on yeah. If or with a holster, not conceal it in a cowardly way inside his uh, jacket. You know, it sounds to me, though, that there's a certain amount of logic to that. Let's say you're in a bar and you're thinking about having a bar fight. I mean, if you see somebody who has weapons strapped onto himself or herself, uh, you, you would think it might ease the pressure 
If you knew, on the other hand, that the person might be carrying, because he might be able to conceal carry, uh, it could lead to more violence. Yeah, um, I, I think guns and alcohol don't mix. Yeah, probably not a very good idea, no. And, uh, and any barkeep with any sense would post a big sign in front of his bar in a state that allowed open carrying of guns or concealed carrying. Uh, no guns allowed here, please. Right. Well, look, the movie theaters in Washington uh, now have little signs with uh, no guns, no weapons allowed. Uh, and I only know of one uh, robbery in a, in a theater in the last decade here, so uh, maybe, maybe that little no-gun sign actually is effective in the movie chains around here. We're talking to Craig Whitney. He's the author of Living with Guns, a liberal's case for the Second Amendment. When we come back, we're going to take a look at... Uh, what Mr. Whitney thinks about some of the other uh, many controversies that turn out to be huge controversies like uh, the gun show loophole or just licensing guns, at least handguns, at least keeping records of ownership and maybe even records of transfer of those guns. Would this be the end of the world? Wayne LaPierre would probably say awfully close. We'll be back for more right here on Culture Shocks. I'm Barry Lynn. Shocks with Barry Lynn is heard on the Genesis Communication Network. Every month, Americans United for Separation of Church and State publishes an award-winning magazine called Church and State. It exposes efforts by the so-called religious right to eat away at the core principles of religious freedom. Should your tax dollars fund expensive private religious schools and cut back funding for your local public schools? Should government bureaucrats get back in the business of writing unity prayers for your children to recite at school? Should we teach good, solid science or replace it with religious messages? about intelligent design? Should special interest groups force your school library to take popular books from the Harry Potter series to Judy Bloom novels off the shelves? These are the issues explored every month in Church and State magazine. To learn more, go to www.au.org. Americans United fights to protect and promote the constitutional principle of church-state separation. For more information, please call us at 1-800-875-3707. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. What do you do when your propane runs out and you don't have a large amount of wood for cooking? That's when you need a Grover rocket stove from StockStorage.com. 
The Grover Rocket Stove starts easily with any combustible material, like junk mail, small twigs, leaves, weeds, or dry sagebrush. Then just add a small amount of kindling wood, and you'll be cooking entire meals in minutes. Grover Rocket Stoves are made right here in the USA and are built to last a lifetime using heavy-duty thick-gauge steel and are painted with high-temp paint to withstand heat. Go to StockStorage.com and see three great Grover Rocket Stoves, stainless steel, heavy-duty, or our original Grover Rocket Stove for only $135 and get free shipping to the lower 48. For phone orders, call 801-361-6984 or go to StockStorage.com. That's 801-361-6984 or StockStorage.com. The original Grover Rocket Stove Minimal Wood Use Cooking Stoves, available exclusively from StockStorage.com. Weakened by GMOs, stressed out about money, and blasted by the electric environment. Hi, I'm Pastor Jenny, and that was the state I was in back in 2010. Then I learned about RNA drops. I learned that 97% of my DNA that scientists have called junk is actually packed with millions of gene switches that play a critical role in controlling how my cells, organs, and other tissues behave. I learned I don't have to put up with disease decay or decline like I'd been conditioned to believe. I began taking RNA drops, a 100% natural formula designed to turn on those switches and provide me with amazing health health and joy. Learn more about RNA drops and order a free sample today. Visit rnafreesample.com. That's rnafreesample.com or call toll-free 888-577-3703. Pay only shipping and handling for a free 30-day supply of RNA drops. Get the information you need and the health you want at rnafreesample.com. back and welcome back to culture shocks i'm your host barry lynn uh we're talking about guns living with guns a liberal's case for the second amendment with my guest craig whitney you know craig i've come a long distance on this gun issue i, I used to do a show with uh, colonel oliver north and i remember telling listeners one day that what i would like to do is to have all handguns confiscated i would like them all melted down and then remolded into a statue to honor the memory of the many innocent people killed over the last decades with handguns over the last five years or so i've changed my mind about this because i think that we have got to find middle grounds that people can can live with because the guns are not going to go away. They're not going to go away quickly. We're not going to be able to confiscate them even if we wanted to. And we have to find the very kinds of sensible middle grounds that you talk about in the book Living with Guns. And, that, and that's, that's why you're with us. Tell me what you would do about the gun show loophole, the idea that in many states you walk into these gigantic gun shows, you can buy anything imaginable without going through, in some states, any background check at all. Just buy a gun that you like on the table, buy it, take off with it, and do good, bad, or ugly with it. It's not quite that easy. Um, there are... You know, federally licensed dealers at gun shows too, and if you yep. buy a gun if you from buy them, a gun from one of them, you have to go through the background. Right. Uh, what is exempt is not just at gun shows, but all private sales. Yep. You buy a gun from a private owner who advertises it over the internet, or you know, in a newspaper, or uh, whatever, or 
he was at a gun show and set up a stand outside, uh, you know, offering guns for sale, man to man, woman to woman. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go through the background right. check. And I think that's uh, crazy uh, because as many as 40% of all gun sales may be of this private sale. Variety. Right. The NRA, I can understand, uh, violently resists uh, closing this loophole, but I think the interests of public safety mandate that it be closed. When you talk about the NRA and Wayne LaPierre, who I mentioned also, friend, but uh, we don't see eye to eye on, on guns. I do understand, though, the NRA mentality and also the mentality of people who can consider the NRA weak, like Larry Pratt of Gun Owners of America. I mean, they say, look, if you close one so-called loophole, if you keep one person who may well not be a mentally defective individual, who may not be a criminal, a felon, they may just need to get a gun and they think they can get it cheaper uh, by buying it from an unlicensed dealer in a Florida gun show than a licensed dealer at the store next door. I mean, you keep one honest person from getting the guns, you have violated the Second Amendment rights of, of the entire nation. I mean, I understand it. I don't agree with it. But uh, you understand the passion with which uh, Wayne and his uh, pals uh, view uh, even closing what many of us think is a, uh, an abnormal loophole. I can understand it because back in 1969, a presidential commission actually recommended seizing uh, outlawing, basically, handguns. All, there were 28 million of them at the time, mm. and they recommended seizing them. It's only, what, 300 million now? And, well, not that many handguns. Maybe. Well, not handguns, right. But uh, I think that's the memory of that is what drives the NRA and others, like the guy you mentioned, to resist all kinds of gun control as the first step on a slippery slope towards confiscation. But uh, just because you have to pass a background check, uh, I'm sure that most of the people who buy guns privately from private sellers would pass the background check. Background mm-hmm. check requirement right. exists to protect them and all of us from uh, the criminal who illegally obtains a gun, uh, shouldn't have access to one, the drug addict who does, uh, the, the mentally uh, adjudicated mentally ill uh, person who shouldn't really have a gun. Um, that doesn't violate my constitutional rights. But even in those instances, though, just to uh, to play this out, let's say you have somebody who's got a list of felonies uh, for distribution of narcotics, of drugs of all kinds. That person may uh, have a life-changing experience. I mean, I used to live next to a guy who just got out of prison for selling uh, PCP, an animal tranquilizer. But but he, I don't know if it was religious, I don't remember, but he had some kind of big change of heart. He was the nicest guy in the world. But in, even in Virginia, where you can pretty much buy guns as long as you, you're not wearing diapers at the time you go into the into the gun store, he couldn't get it. He was a felon. He was he would be a felon forever. Does it make sense to take these categories and then put people in and say, you will never get a gun? Well, did he lose his voting rights for it? Yeah, he did. He yeah. did. Well, you know, that's the way the law is, and perhaps the law is too inflexible, but if I, I would rather see his ability to buy a gun impeded than... Uh, <laughs> than his right to vote. 
than his right to vote. (laughs) But there ought to be procedures, and there are. Uh, They shouldn't be onerous or too expensive for ordinary people to use to appeal against uh, uh, situations like that. And we ought to be discussing ways to make the system we have recognize that, uh, you know, it isn't necessarily once a criminal, always a criminal. Right. Uh, or, or even uh, once deemed to be mentally ill uh, by the state, you're not necessarily going to be uncontrollably mentally ill forever either. Same way. These, these mechanisms that we've set up over the years uh, have are maybe uh, too primitive or simplistic. Uh, they could be made more responsive and more uh, uh, flexible if, if both sides, the gun control supporters and the people who support gun rights, would sit down and talk about ways that this could be done. Do you think, I mean, it is my experience, and, and maybe in part, uh, as I described my own change of view about this. I'm I'm not a huge gun supporter, but I do understand uh, some of the claims that are being made. But then on the other side, you've got these claims like, uh, look, they're going to, the UN in blue uniforms will come and seize your daughter and your guns someday. Or, you know, to me, that's as silly as an argument as saying zombies are going to come. You're going to need the guns to, to blow them away like you see in the movies. But there are people after the Colorado massacre at the Dark Knight Rises, uh, one elected official within two hours was on television saying, you know, that shooter, uh, if there had been other people armed in that movie theater, they could have stopped him from yeah, doing they- I don't know how you do that in the dark, but he apparently thought maybe as night vision you could do that. As long as you have people viewing or articulating those viewpoints, how is that side ever going to come to the table? Right. Well, it's a commonly held view among uh, gun rights supporters. I, I think, uh, it, just imagine a situation like that. What you'd have is a room full of people shooting in all directions. Yeah. And quite possibly more people getting killed than, uh, than the guy who did that in Aurora was, was able to do. But nevertheless, uh, again, the people who argue that it would be safer if everybody or enough people in the audience were armed had been armed, uh, what they're assuming is that those people know how to use their guns, can see well enough to aim them properly at the right target, and, and wouldn't be shooting through other people to get mm-hmm. to Very optimistic in a dark movie. Theater. Yeah, it is. Well, it's more than optimistic. I mean, it's 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 kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you, I, I, would, yes. I would say it. I mean, and, and you ask any policeman what he thinks of that idea, and, of course, the policeman envisions himself herself arriving at the, at the place where the shooting is going on and everybody's shooting. Who's the, who's the shooter you've got to stop? You know, it just complicates the, the issue. Yeah. And, and uh, I'll tell you, uh, we have implemented some laws, uh, some that I was skeptical would work, including background checks that turn out to catch a lot more people than I would think. Uh, when we come back with Craig Whitney, author of Living with Guns, we'll talk about some of the alternatives to just having this debate. How about having debate about whether we should have anti-violence programs in schools? Some of them work. We'll be back to talk about them on Culture Shocks. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
Our nation's founders believed that all Americans have the right to worship according to their own beliefs or not to worship at all. So strong was their commitment to religious freedom that they enshrined it in the first sentence of the Bill of Rights. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We call this constitutional guarantee the first freedom. Religion is deeply personal, and Americans must be free to practice without coercion. There must be a separation of church and state. We are on the verge of losing this fundamental freedom. You may wonder, what can I do? The answer is simple. Do what our founders did. Sign your name to a very important document, the First Freedom First Petition. Go to www.firstfreedomfirst.org and sign it today. By standing together, we can send a powerful message to our elected officials. You land in Buenos Aires, then are shuttled to Santa Rosa, where a nicely furnished cabin with all amenities, Wi-Fi, executive food and wine, and laundry service awaits. After a good night's sleep, your adventure begins. You're on a golden stag safari for big game. But it's not Africa. It's Argentina. One-on-one guided hunts for water buffalo, cougar, bighorn rams, wild boar, and the biggest stag deer in South America. All gold medal quality. All the action you can handle. Land Rovers, top rental guns with scopes, all food, beverages, hunting guides, ground transportation included, and more, all more affordable than you can imagine. The adventure of a lifetime starts at GoldenStagSafaris.com, the big game hunting ranch, GoldenStagSafaris.com. Food storage? Check. Survival tools? Check. Weapons and water filters? Check. But what about a permanent source of cooking power that can run forever without buying fuel or paying for maintenance? Introducing Afterburner Stoves, home of the original patented rocket stove, the Kelly Kettle, and the Solo Stove. Afterburner Stoves has what you need and now offers all GCN listeners our complete preparedness package with the means to cook meals and sanitize water. Whether you dig in or bug out, cook almost any meal with just a handful of sticks. We already have the lowest online prices guaranteed but if you enter coupon code GCN at checkout we'll knock off an additional 15% and send you our amazing 6 hour solar rechargeable light bulb absolutely free all for only $249 visit afterburnerstoves.com or call 866-716-5214 866-716-5214 afterburnerstoves.com cook hot meals with just a handful of sticks a little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even if I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there. 
and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months, simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. We are back. Uh, this is Barry Lynn, and I'm with Craig Whitney, the author of Living with Guns, A Liberal's Case for the Second Amendment. Uh, the last uh, part of this discussion uh, that you've been listening to for the last 40 minutes or so was taped, ironically, just about one week before the Newtown, Connecticut shootings. And, of course, today is the day when kids are going back to school in Newtown. Uh, and I wanted Mr. Whitney to come back, and he was uh, kind enough to join us again, just to talk a little bit about whether any of the constitutional, theoretical uh, issues that we talked about before uh, in the tape segment really have changed based on that horrible week where there was both a mall shooting, shopping mall shooting, and then, of course, a much larger catastrophe on the Friday of that week in Connecticut. Craig Whitney, thanks for uh, rejoining us. Thank you. Look, uh, in, in light of what happened, there have been a lot of proposals that have come out, a lot of hand-wringing as always. Uh, when we were talking on tape, you said, of course, you don't want to arm people in a movie theater uh, to go shoot at people like the Aurora, Colorado situation. Who, if anybody, should we arm in public schools? The NRA somewhat clarified its position two days ago. It once trained security personnel of some kind. Others say, no, every teacher ought to be packing. What do you think of all these proposals? Well, I think the idea of every teacher packing is just utter nonsense. You know, uh, if nothing else, what would happen if that were the case is that kids would inevitably discover, get hold of uh, the weapons the teacher had forgotten or left lying around, and kids would be shooting yeah. each other by accident. So uh, the idea of having armed, uh, trained personnel in schools uh, is not so far-fetched, although it was denounced by a lot of people on the gun control side after Wayne LaPierre uh, first made it. Uh, about a third, uh, I gather, of, of public schools in this country, mostly in big cities, have armed security guards. So, uh, you know, it, it, that strikes me as being less uh, outrageous and makes more sense than uh, arming teachers. How do you start to pay for that? One of the criticisms of people, uh, gun control advocates and and progressives uh, in general, liberals as you yourself would characterize yourself, say, look, if we have any money to go around, maybe what we ought to do is spend more money on the psychological understanding of the kids in the schools instead of uh, worrying about uh, how to take out the next shooter. Uh, in, in a lot of those inner city schools, as I'm sure you know, that have metal detectors, uh, some with and some without armed security personnel. Otherwise, I mean, kids literally just find the window with the one screen they can pull out and climb in and out armed in some cases uh, to avoid the metal detectors. I mean, it, it is we, we have a generation of, of kids who have learned a lot, uh, including a lot of uh, strange uh, ways to get around the laws that do exist. Well, uh, 
inevitably, uh, if you pass a law, somebody's going to find ways to get around it. So nothing we do, whether it's gun control or increasing uh, the amount of money and uh, care that we spend on detecting dangerous mental illness like mm. the kind that led to that massacre in Newtown, um, nothing is going to stop or eliminate the possibility of these periodic horrors. Uh, but you can cut them down or make them less likely to happen by doing various things. And, well, <clears throat> do, do you want to, do you think though, Craig, that if we had, uh, this, if we forget the money issue and whether we should be teaching math instead of hiring more guards or having more guidance counselors, forget the money. Do you think that the presence of, of an armed, trained person, of, I don't know how you get this training or what constitutes training and with what weapons, but you think that would stop a, a truly deranged person from doing precisely what happened in Newtown? It wouldn't guarantee it. Um, in the Columbine massacre, there was an armed guard. Yeah. That guard was not able to stop those two kids from killing all those people. So, uh, you know, I don't see it as the, the ideal solution or the best one. Uh, I just say it's not as far-fetched and, and outrageous as uh, some of the opponents of the plan mm. thought it was when we looked Pierre made it. Uh, let's turn uh, for a second to the other side. Some of the people, I mean, one of the frustrating things I found in the aftermath and as we, as we go into this week when the, the kids are going back to school there is, uh, well, we need this psychological counseling. We need to identify these people. I am not sure that the guy who uh, was the shooter in Newtown is was so obviously deranged that, that anybody would have uh, thought about locking him up or uh, whatever else you might do with a seriously demented person. I'm, I'm not sure that these, most of these shooters exhibit such an extraordinary outside-the-box uh, view of the world that they're not just like, uh, you know, some guy who sits in his basement and, and plays a lot of video games and who would never think about doing this. Well, quite possibly. Uh, none of the uh, gun control measures or psychiatric uh, evaluation proposals that have been made would have been effective in this case. That's, we don't know enough about uh, Adam Lanza to right. know what his history was, but uh, quite possibly, you know, nothing you could have done would have prevented him from going in, k killing his mother, stealing or taking the guns she had, and then doing what he did. But uh, it, 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 it's clear that just concentrating on the hardware, on the guns, uh, uh, that were used in this uh, massacre uh, would not solve the, the problem or eliminate the possibility of uh, more such incidents taking place. Uh, well, when the, with the stolen guns, because we had talked in the sections uh, of this interview that we, we had done before the shooting, um, we, we had talked about gun locks. You thought that, uh, in, in essence, there's a good possibility that uh, gun locks uh, being required would not pass muster under Justice Scalia's, at least, under, understanding of the Second Amendment, which, which you share in large measure. I wouldn't attribute everything he says to you. But, um, but he also said, suggests in that Heller decision, that one about the D.C. handguns in your home, that military-style weapons are not necessarily. I mean, he almost goes and says it directly. They're, they're not included in what the private citizen can necessarily own as a constitutional right. Do you, do you, do you believe that? 
Yes, I mean, for instance, we don't uh, we we treat machine guns, fully automatic machine yep. guns, very differently from uh, handguns, semi-automatic handguns or assault, so-called assault weapons like the uh, Wishmaster that was used in Newtown. It quite possibly, out of all the proposals that have been made or will be made to, in the wake of Newtown, there may be coming out of this some kind of uh, more intense or uh, effective regulation of the so-called assault rifles mm-hmm. figure so often in, in cases like this. Did and you find it at all odd, Craig, that uh, so many gun sh- uh, shops, gun places on the Internet are sold out of uh, these AR-15s and things like it? Um, you know, and they, some of these websites, I, I looked at a couple yesterday, said... Um, here are the prices we used to charge for these weapons. If we get them back in stock, they might be a lot more, but, you know, leave a, an email and we'll, we'll tell you when they come in. Does it surprise you that more people want them after Newtown than they did before? No, it's the usual gun rights hysteria. Um, as, as we have, you know, on the other side, people are calling for banning assault rifles altogether. Well, the people on the gun rights side see this and say, see, they might actually do it this time. Better get your assault rifles while you can, and then they go out and buy them. The NRA was uh, hyping this before the election. Sure. Obama would do it if he got reelected. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, the only difference, of course, is most people think about their hunting rifle, which is not a semi-automatic uh, assault weapon, and it's it's not capable of having magazines with the firepower that these do. Um, what what is the legitimate reason to to have these, if any, on in the hands of a private citizen? Well, I would say myself that the only real uh, purpose that makes any sense is uh, for target practice or sports. Yeah, you know, at a shooting range. I I don't see how. An assault rifle is any more effective for you in your home as a self-defense tool yeah. than, a, uh, than a pistol would be or a, a handgun. Yeah, and I, I guess you could make the argument that uh, you can get a lot of target shooting done with one bullet in one rifle or handgun practice, and uh, possibly, you know, this is a sport that, you know, is possibly not even... Sport, but I hear you, and I appreciate it, Craig, that you you came back and, and made these comments about it because I didn't want people to uh, think that uh, we were ignoring Newtown. And uh, just to clarify one more time to the listeners, uh, we had taped uh, three segments with Craig Whitney. He's kind enough to come back today to chat with us again. That does it for today's edition of Culture Shocks. I'm Barry Lynn. We'll talk again. This edition of Culture Shocks has been produced by Diane Robinson, engineered by Dwayne Davis, and the Genesis Communication Network technical staff. Visit us online at cultureshocks.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app 
free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carding to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. One pretty good rule in making public policy proposals is this. If you're going to cite a source in support of your plan, first, confirm that your source actually does support your plan. Republican budgeteer John Boehner recently put a new deficit reduction proposal on the table, asserting that it incorporated the numbers of a plan put forth earlier by budget expert Erskine Bowles, a Democrat. Aha, gloated the GOP leader to Barack Obama as he plopped down this bit of budgetary bipartisanship. Gotcha. Um, not quite. Bowles promptly retorted that his numbers were not really a plan, but were simply back-of-the-envelope ideas, adding that the numbers are no longer correct. And that pretty well sums up the slapdash package that Boehner called credible. For example, he says it saves $600 billion by raising the eligibility age for Medicare to 67. That'd be no problem for Congress critters who do no heavy lifting and already get full medical benefits from taxpayers. But it's not a credible idea for millions of working class folks who actually do heavy lifting and are not able to work an extra two years. Another incredible piece of Boehner's handiwork is the claim that it'll save $800 billion by eliminating unspecified tax deductions. However, the only way to reach that number is by severely whacking the deductions that people get for donations to churches, hospitals, universities, and other charities. Do Republicans really intend to do that? Or did they just not have a calculator on hand when they put this mishmash together? This is Jim Hightower saying Boehner keeps failing the bogusity test because his numbers are, well, bogus. And he's using bad numbers just to prevent pampered rich people from paying a little bit more into our nation's public treasury. That's not only deceitful, it's seriously shameful. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind.
It's like the battlefield. There's a battle for the soul of America. We can't let him tear the kingdom down. This is no game. This is war. Flesh and blood. It's between the bad and good. We can't stop until the trumpet sound. This is war. Not a game we're playing. This is war. The only question is, which side will you be on? It's time now for a call to decision with Pastor Butch Paul. Hello and welcome, my friends. This is Pastor Butch Paul, the first live broadcast for 2013, January 2nd. And I expect this to be one of the most listened to broadcasts that we've ever done. The, 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 the clip from uh, Friday night's program with Lieutenant McCoy called in and went viral. It's all over the Internet. It's everywhere. Uh, I did two, two other radio shows today. I'm scheduled to do some more to, uh, this week and next week also discussing what we'll be talking about tonight with our special, very special guest, Lieutenant McCoy from North Carolina, a police officer who is trying to warn us of what's planned to come down this country in the very near future. So please, folks, stay tuned. If you want to record this program and highly advise it, we, uh, that you do that. We will make them available to you also, but this program is going to be one of the most important programs that you have ever heard, bar none. Before I get I want to let you know that we are we are going to put out a, a news magazine for January a little bit late going out, to, going out tomorrow. This is going to be a special edition, Police State 2013. Now, if you don't get if you don't receive the news magazine, I would suggest you call the toll free number 800-777-4403 to receive the special edition. Beginning next month, we're going to, have to ask for a, a, a subscription rate for the magazines, folks. We can't afford to keep them going for free. We just can't. But this one-time offer right now, if you want a sample, if you want this copy of the special, the first special edition ever done, Police State uh, 2013, you call the toll-free number 800-777-4403 and leave your name, please, very carefully, and your address very slowly. Please spell all the words. I don't care if they're simple or not because sometimes connections are good. So get the right address, okay? This is a one-time shot, folks. If you don't get it, when we're out of them, we're out of them. That's all there's to it. Special edition, call the decision, Miniman News, Police State 2013. Call right now, 800-777-4403. Leave your name and address. Tomorrow will be in the office from 9 to 4. Uh, try and take phone calls. Answer all the phone calls. We will be busy, I'm sure. Probably much busier than normal, I would, I would imagine. But nonetheless, if you want to call and talk to us, I do want to speak to you. I truly do. We may have to ask you to call back or we may have to call you back. But I promise you, we won't talk to you. So you call us tomorrow in the office, the same number, 800-777-4403. Or if you can call long distance and save us some money, we'd appreciate it. 304-846-4448. 304-846-4448. And a quick heads up, the, the Berkey Water Filter... A new, new Millennium Company is getting behind on Berkey orders. Actually, right now, the Berkeys. Now, we have some scratch and ding left. And when they're gone, folks, I have no idea we're going to get any more scratch and ding Berkeys. The new Berkeys are, are already being uh, slowed down. They don't have them. They're about three months behind on orders. So I suggest if you want a scratch and ding Berkey, you better get in right away. You better reserve one. I mean, you better do it quickly because once you're going, I don't think anymore. And I'm dead serious. But what we're facing in this country, I, I, cannot, I cannot emphasize enough how important it is that you prepare yourself as best you can for hard times ahead. And I mean that. 
above all things, make sure you're spiritually right. Make sure you're spiritually right that you've been born again, saved, born again, blood-bought by the blood of the Lamb. If you haven't, you blew it all anyway. But secondly, prepare yourself mentally. And then physically, with water filters, food, guns, ammo. Folks, believe me, the battle's going to start with a lot of things. Economically, first I believe, and then over the guns. It's coming. Back at the break with our very special guest tonight, Lieutenant McCoy from North Carolina. Don't y'all go away. Could your family survive a food shortage of two weeks to six months? Or more? Sound far-fetched? The Department of Homeland Defense and your local Office of Emergency Services are already suggesting at least two weeks' worth of food and water. Do you really think that's long enough? We have enemies who have sworn to attack us using nuclear, chemical, or biological weapons. Add this to the ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse, and you have a recipe for disaster. The answer is the supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods were designed for the space program, have gone to the moon, and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. We carry such things as freeze-dried chicken, hamburger patties, pork chops, 